Okay. So, I start with the scripture, Isaiah chapter 6. From verse 1 to 8, but my emphasis will be in verse 1. I'll use verse 1 to build up or to start to where we hope to get to. Okay. Yes. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. From verse 1, yes. I'm just reading verse 4. One to eight, so that we just have a an understanding of uh, at least the story here. Yeah. So you want me to go ahead and read? Okay, sure. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be reading this in the. Doesn't matter what version. Do you have the New King James? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would. Be... So in verse one, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face, with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who, who cried. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Okay. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. 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 Okay, so, um, Azor, yeah, we did to see how we're going to connect this to um, our topic for our topic for today, which is um, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my emphasis is verse one, and verse one says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting." on the throne, high and lifted up. And his train, or the train of his robe, filled the temple. So, um, in those, we, all, we know what the train of a king's robe is, right? Or what it looks like. Do we? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, so in those days, um, or in the days of this was Isaiah, um, when I mean prior to recent times, I had never. I've read the scripture many times. I'm sure we know the scripture too, but I'd never seen it in the light that you know. And I was reading it and I think I came across somewhere. I had to really understand, okay, what what does it mean? Um, first of all, what does the train of the you know, king's robe look like? And what does it mean? What did it mean when he said the train of his robe filled the temple? So um, in the ancient times, in the old times, um, the king's royal robe, you know, he had a train also. And, you know, the king's train was made up of um, um, pieces of the royal robes of kings that were defeated, right? So the conquering king would have, when he defeats a king or a kingdom, so he, he, they caught a portion of the defeated king's robe. They caught a portion and they sew it onto the robe of the king who conquered, which was a sign or a remembrance or a symbol of his and testimony of his conquest against that king, right? Against uh-huh. that kingdom. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, the longer the rope or the train, it to give you an idea of how many kingdoms you understand that that king has conquered. So it also shows the the power and the strength of that king and his kingdom. So the longer the rope or the longer the train of, of uh, the rope of the king, it symbolizes the stronger and the uh, the stronger the kingdom is, the more powerful the kingdom is. You understand? So when you now read it, it yeah. says that he saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So this rope wasn't just long. It filled the whole temple, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, yeah. as, which, oh, let me ask this question. What is the true temple of God? Um, we are the temple of God. Exactly, yes. Our body. Our yes. God, yeah. We are the true temple of God. So when I read it, um, this was last week that I even, um, this came to mind when I saw the meaning of, you know, uh, what the um, train um, of a king's robe meant or symbolized that just dropped. We are the temple. And then it 
also shows that God seeks to conquer every enemy. Mm. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh -huh. when Isaiah looked at the train of God's rope, and there was, it means he had conquered everything. Also telling, um, showing it was like a prophecy too of what Christ is going to do, going to conquer every enemy, which it to touch on um, a scripture we'll look, look, we'll look at later on. Um, where it says, uh, is one of the Psalms of David, where he says, and I, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. I don't know if, you, if you've come across that scripture before. Yeah. Yes. So we'll, yeah. we'll look at, yes, we'll look at it. It's in Psalm 110, but we'll look at it later on. So this represented, you know, God's conquest, God seeking to conquer every enemy in his temple onto his train, right? He says that he mm -hmm. saw the train of his yeah. rope fill the temple. So God seeks to deliver and save man to the uttermost, complete. Right? So this now takes me to um, the topic. So when I now say the kingdom of God, you realize that um, everything that God, from beginning, from the beginning of um, the scriptures to the end, even why Jesus came, everything that um, God sought out or to do was to establish his kingdom. Where? Here. Right? So we'll, we'll, we'll seek to understand, um, first of all, what is the kingdom of God before we move to the part of his righteousness. So this takes me to um, Matthew Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. So Matthew 6, 33, um, from verse, uh, Matthew 6, from verse 25 to the end, Jesus is talking about um, us not being worried, you know, not being worried about our lives, what we we'll eat, what we we'll drink, you know, about our um, body, what we we'll put on. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which 
today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So 31 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That is for them. Then it was the unbelievers, basically. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And then he now comes to 33, which is my main focus here. So he says, but what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Before he now says, and all these things shall be added to you. So, um, so the first thing he says there is what? Seek first. Seek first. And what does it mean to seek? Um, what does it mean to seek? Um, that's the first word one should seek to understand. Um, the first thing said, like I said, is seek. To seek is to pursue. To seek is to go after and to strive towards something. And the purpose of seeking is to eventually find something, right? Or find mm-hmm. that which you, are, which you are looking for. Um, so what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? So Jesus is putting, this is, this is a case of priority, isn't it? Yes. This comes first. And then the next thing he says, and his righteousness, before he now says, and all these things, shall be added unto thee. But the first thing is to seek. So, um, I've described what seek is. This. So, the, the next thing you want to understand is what is, um, what is a kingdom? So, basically, a kingdom is where is any space environment or realm where a king or a monarch has dominion as king or rules as king right or where a king dominates right so that space he rules that space he dominates um that's realm he rules as king and then this now says the kingdom of God. So we know the we know it's a kingdom, and then we know what type of kingdom it is, which is the kingdom of God, right? Yes. So the next thing, just yeah. showing us how to, you know, gradually unpack, you know, um, a scripture. And then the next thing is to understand. So what is now? What, what 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 does that phrase mean? The kingdom of God, and I have a a a, a, a definition that I you know um, came up with. Says so the kingdom of God is God's plan and wisdom 
to restore dominion, to restore his dominion, yeah, as king over the earth, but through man. Did you say that again? Yes, please. He said God, so the, it's God's plan. Uh -huh, and wisdom uh -huh. to restore his dominion. Mm -hmm. as king over the earth. But through man. Is that clear? Yeah, that's clear. Okay. So, you... So, the first thing you realize is that the kingdom of God or do you seek to understand it, that is where does the kingdom of God concern? So the kingdom of God pertains to the earth, right? You know, when we pray the Lord's prayer, uh, when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, what in uh, Matthew chapter, yeah, in the same Matthew chapter six, what did he say? He said um, from verse nine to 10, he said, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be your name. So declaring who uh, God is. Hallowed be your name. And he says what? Your kingdom, your kingdom come, come and your will be done where? On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. So heaven is not the issue. Mm -hmm. The earth is the bone of contention. So when you understand that, you, you understand that, okay, it is the earth that God seeks to have complete dominion. But I will explain why I said, but he doesn't seek to do it apart from man. He seeks to do it through man. Again, this now takes us to the beginning. Uh, when God created what man, put uh, male and female, Adam and Eve, created them in, he says, let us create man in our image and in our likeness, right? Let me look for that. Uh, uh, let me look for that verse. Uh, uh, Somebody help me where that verse is. Genesis. I think it's Genesis 1. Okay. Genesis 1. Um, 26, right? Genesis 1, 26, yeah? It says... Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Right? Mm -hmm. Now says what? Let them have dominion. You see that word again? Dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, 
over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So it's like God is saying, have dominion over everything, right? Mm-hmm. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then here, the mandate he gives them in verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. You see, have dominion over the fish of the sea, have over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I'm reading this to establish why God created man, right? So basically God created man so that he can have dominion over the earth, but through man. So man is like an extension of God, right? In the earth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So God, man is an extension of God's um, of the kingdom of God that is already established in heaven, right? He now created this um, this being, and he seeks to and says, "Have dominion." But you now realize that man was created. Uh, man was created never to was not created to to how do i put it he was not created to rule on his own he was created to be to be um i don't use the yeah that's the word but it might sound wrong to people but to be but to be controlled Hmm? that's why god put his spirit so man is just an extension of God on the earth. So, um, when you now understand that, another very important thing we need to understand that the kingdom, this kingdom we're talking about is not a physical kingdom, right? Or a kingdom that can be touched or seen. But it is a kingdom within. It's a kingdom within. So if you read the um, if you read the what's the name? Um, the OJB um, translation. OJB is the Orthodox Jewish Bible of Matthew chapter 6.33, you see a word there that is represented that um, that they put there to represent kingdom. And the word is, is a, it's a Hebrew word. It's called Malkuth. It's called Malkuth. And if you check the meaning of Malkuth, um, in the Aramaic 
language is translated as uh, mamlaka, which is translated, when, when it is translated in the original text, it means kingdom within. It actually means kingdom within. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So it means kingdom within. And then um, so if you now if you now look at it, look at that scripture again and read it based on this uh, definition of what Malkuth is uh, means, kingdom within. Jesus is actually saying, but seek ye first the kingdom within of God, right? And his righteousness. That means seek. That means God seeks to rule from within. Remember I said that man was not created to rule on his own. Even when God says, have dominion, uh, 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 subdue it, right? He wasn't, he wasn't telling them, just go on your own, right? It was because he had put himself, remember, he made man in his image and in, in his likeness. And for that, of course, he put his spirit. So man was doing things, but led by the spirit, which is what Jesus came to show us, you know, when he came in the flesh. Right? Everything he did was what? Led by the Spirit. If you see Jesus, if you read, you think Jesus just did everything on his own. But you always hear him say, I do not do anything except that which I see my Father do. I do not say anything except that which I hear my Father say. So Jesus, basically, that's why I told Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father, right? So, Jesus walking on the earth was actually, he came to reveal who the Father is. First of all, when Jesus came into the earth, it was said that the kingdom of God has come. That's why um, John the Baptist started preaching. I remember the message that John the Baptist started preaching. He says what? Repent. For what? Nobody wants to complete it. The Repent. Of God is near. Yes, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. So, what he was saying, the that realm, right? That realm of God ruling as king, but from within is near. And the person who was to bring it in its entirety is the Lord Jesus. Hope is clear to this point. Yes. Okay. Uh, Divine, is it clear? And, uh... Yes, it is. Okay. So, um, so that means God seeks to rule from within. So everything that Jesus was doing was everything that the Father was telling, was leading him to do. So he was being led by the Spirit of God. 
But as he was doing the will of God, right? What he was doing, you know, all those times he healed the sick, raised the dead. You find out that it was all about kingdom. So all those things were, were major statements to the kingdom of darkness that what? The kingdom of God has come. Which takes me to when, when the Pharisees yeah, in, in Matthew chapter 12, 28 to 30, when they, when they saw the works of Jesus, you know, and they, they accused him of using black magic, hmm? casting demons by, by another spirit, right? Jesus, Jesus said to them, um, but if I cast out, okay, first of all, before he even said this, he, he, he established the fact that um, a kingdom cannot stand if it is divided in itself. So it was then he established that Satan too has a kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. So if Satan is casting out Satan, then how can their kingdom stand? It will be divided, isn't it? But he now told them, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says, or how can one, this is Matthew 12, 28 to 30. He says, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So it's all, it has always been about kingdoms. Because the kingdom of darkness was having a few day in the temples of God. Remember the first scripture read? You understand? The first scripture read, um, Isaiah 6. So the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, demons were, were possessing the, 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 the houses of God, that is people. So when Jesus came into this scene, what did he do? He started what? Conquering. Casting out demons, healing the sick, raising. So when Jesus came into the scene, everything changed. Everything changed. Started, you know, just like a, 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 a wealthy man coming up to buy up land, comes to one community and begins to buy up, you know, land everywhere. He's occupying, he began to occupy temples, casting out a uh, 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 Illegal tenants, which are demons, and you know that 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 uh, uh, possessed these people. Be the one who is mute, be the one who is deaf, be the one you know those who were dead. So he began to do these mighty works of God and miracles. So it has been about establishing, having dominion in them, and when they. Um, of course, the greatest miracle is a transformed life because somebody can be healed and still go back to their sin. So ultimately, 
the greatest miracle is that someone was in darkness and now they're in light. So he transformed life. They were not in Christ before, but now they are in Christ or in God. So um, the when Jesus heals the sick, it should lead to salvation. When Jesus raised the dead, is to boost faith that pushes one into salvation. So this is how God was what? Conquering and establishing his kingdom. So um, once you know that this has always been about kingdoms, um, um, the next thing is this, this, this type of kingdom, like I said, is within. And that's why Jesus, when the, when the, um, what's his name? When the Pharisees asked a question in Luke 17, he says, verse 20 and 21, he says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, because even Jesus, when he came into the scene first, he started preaching that message. Repent for the kingdom of God is near or is at hand. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he, that's Jesus, answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor would they say, see here or see there. For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So that explains the meaning of what I said before, the, the, uh, or confirms the meaning of uh, kingdom in Hebrew, which is uh, Malkuf. So kingdom within. So Jesus says here, for indeed the kingdom is within you. So like I said, God seeks to rule from within. God seeks to rule from within. And um, as I said before, man was not made to be on his own, to rule on his own. So if it's not the spirit of God ruling over a person, right? is automatically another spirit will take over. There's no, there's no middle ground. Even when man is acting on flesh, self, it is because it's, it's propelled by another spirit. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, there's another, there's something else that is, that is propelling him or her or staying them to act in that way. So that's why God seeks to to be the one to, because that's how he made man for himself, for him to dwell in. Because God does not dwell in temples made by human hands. That's what that's what uh, 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 the Lord told uh, David when he wanted to um, build a temple for him 
says, when have I ever dwelt, you know? But let me quickly read one scripture, Isaiah 66. Um, Isaiah 66, I'll read from verse one to one and two. It says, thus says the Lord, because here is God talking about true worship. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one, so God is establishing here that where would you build me that I would dwell? Because he created all things. You understand? So understanding that nothing that comes from man can actually house God. So God can only dwell in the temple that he created for himself. And he created man for that purpose that he may find rest in man. Because remember, when God wanted to create man, what did he say? Let us make man in our image and our likeness. That's why, you see, the human soul, hmm? the human soul is as, is as deep as God. I don't know if you understand that statement. Should I explain? Yeah, explain, please. Okay, so you know, the only thing about a man that cannot, if you that cannot die, the physical death is his soul. Of course, the spirit belongs to God. Bible says that the spirit will go back to the owner, belong to God. But you know that part of a person that either goes to heaven or hell, right? Is mm-hmm. where who is the soul, isn't it? Yeah. So even you find out, even if a man dies here, he will go and continue his life or his journey, either in heaven, right, or in hell. Yeah. So you find out that true death is not actually the physical death. True death is separation from God, separation from life. Because God is life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why the human soul. So I'm saying that to establish the fact that. That is the only part of a man. That part cannot die. But what we call death, you understand? Like the physical death. So, true death for the soul is actually separation, complete separation from God in hell. You understand? So that's why even here, if you realize there is nothing that is in this earth that can satisfy the human soul. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing that is made by human hands that can actually satisfy the human soul. So I'll give you an example. Um, So I'll use our uh, Nigerian Naira as example so there was a point in time in my life when i was little that ten thousand naira was really big money for me you know 
I remember then when um, I was in high school and then um, my dad said, oh, if I get a particular score that you give me 10,000 naira. So I was like, ah, me 10,000 naira. So that really motivated me to study. And I studied and I, I, um, I studied and I passed the mark that he said, if I get up to 70 and above percent overall, he'll give me 10,000. Before I used to get 60 something, 60 something. But because of 10,000, you know, I girded my loins and I, what? I put in the work and I got, I think I remember if I, I got 70 at the dot. <laughs> so he gave me 10,000. Now, before I took 10,000, 10,000 was, was it for me, right? When I got 10,000, my soul enlarged. Do you see? So you're looking, once you get to a, to a point, you're looking for the next thing. Isn't that life, how life is? So the, if, you're, if you say, oh, um, if only, I'm sure all of us at some point in time said, man, if only I can get this so, so, so amount, I'll be fine. I'll be good. Have we been in those situation before? Situations before? Yes. Yes. What <laughs> happened when you got it? <laughs> you want more. You want more. Yes. Want more. Yes. You want more. And you now move to, for example, you can say it's just hundred thousand. The day you got hundred thousand, you did even yes, you appreciated it, but quickly, quickly you move to the next thing. Your heart expanded. And then your your eyes started to gaze upon one million. I say, if if only have this one million, I'll be I'll be fine. The day you get one million, that and that's how it keeps going. You want more, and it never ends, right? Except you put an end to it. <laughs> so that's how the human soul is for anything. So just imagine that kind of thing. And that's how it keeps expanding, expanding. So to, in order to use anything on earth to satisfy the soul, it means you will continue that thing forever. And we both know that's not possible. So you see why money cannot satisfy the soul. Material things cannot satisfy the soul. Because that's how God created that part of man. Why? Because only him can satisfy the soul because he is endless. He is endless, right? He's, he's, he has no end. So he, he's the only one that can feel the heart or the soul of a man that he'll be satisfied. Jesus told the woman at the well, in John chapter 4, he said, if you drink this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink the water that I shall give, it shall become in you a fountain of living water springing up unto everlasting life. That you will not, you will not thirst again. 
basically you'll be satisfied because that is how God, so many people don't know this. So they, they, you know, that's how they get hooked on things because they thought, and you know, the thing with perishable things or the thing with, um, even for drug addicts or uh, 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 any form of addiction or anything, you find out that if you, each time you satisfy yourself with it, the next time you want to satisfy yourself with that thing, it will require you to, it will require more of that thing to be satisfied. I don't know if that, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, it will require more of that thing to be satisfied because, so they get to a point of, for example, maybe people, um, people take certain things because they are looking for something. So people take maybe, for example, people take, let's say a drug addict, he's taking whatever substance he's taking because he feels that thing will bring him peace, right? Or take him to a place of ecstasy, or take him to a place of escape from this world. Now he got to a point and he's, 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 he feels it, he feels the peace, but you see those things, one of the downside of those things is that they never give life. Instead, they drain life from a person, right? They take life from the person and they are never, it's never permanent. It's only for a very short time. And then you always come back worse than you are. You come out worse than you are, than you went in before. And then because that. They like, people like that feeling, whether it's feeling of peace, feeling of joy, feeling of that height that they got to. Because they like that place. But it's, and that place is, that place in itself is not bad, but that channel through which they got there is the wrong way to get there. So because they like that place and they come back, they want to go back. So the, the, the trap is for you to, experience that thing again, you want to experience more of that, right? So it will require you to take more of that which took you there, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. So I'm just trying to explain that the soul, so that's the way God made the soul, that nothing in this world, nothing at all, will be able to satisfy only him because he made man, what, in his own image, likeness so when he comes he's only god that is able to keep up with the expansion yeah of the soul and the thing with god's own is that one is permanent two it leads to life so you 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 god um comes into your heart he brings you peace and all those things people look for in substances and in different things. They are all found in the in God, in the Holy Spirit. So, um, God enters a person's heart and they get to a certain level of joy and peace and, you know, love. And now they want more of God, right? More of God. So it requires them to what? Go deeper, isn't it? 
into God. Yes. Because that's how God, God put that desire to seek for more and go deeper into things. Yeah? It is God that put that desire there in man. But, of course, the four made man to now channel it into other things apart from God. And other things apart from God will never lead to life. You understand? They always lead to what? Corruption and death. That's why Paul said, if you sow, continually sow into the flesh, right? You reap corruption and death. But if you sow into the spirit, you reap life and peace. So that's, I was just trying to explain. So I don't, is that understandable now when I said the human soul can only be satisfied by God? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so God made um, man to be ruled by him. That's how God created man. But after the fall, because, you know, man subscribed to another source. So he was now controlled by that source. That took Jesus to come and then fulfill uh, 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 or satisfy divine uh, justice. So Jesus was completely submitted to God, to the Father. That's why the kingdom of God could come through him completely into the earth. And then he spread it by dying on the cross. Because when he started doing those things, you know, evicting all the illegal, illegal tenants from, uh, 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 from the temples of God, casting out demons, raising the dead, the, king, the kingdom of darkness were like, ah, what's going on, man? We need to kill this man. We need to kill this guy. He's, 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 uh, uh, he's occupying so much space. But they did not know that that's the wisdom of God to even spread it. That's why the scripture says, if the princes of this world knew that wisdom of God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew that killing Jesus will only spread and make many more Christs, they would not have killed Jesus. But that was the wisdom of God that he hid. He hid it from the principalities, from Satan. So Jesus came into the scene doing all he's doing. But again, before the kingdom of God can come through a person, the kingdom of God first has to be in that person. So that's why Jesus, going back to that scripture, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says what? Seek ye first, right? The kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom within of God and his righteousness. So, um, I said that God seeks to rule from within. You understand? So, you know that God can, all things are possible, right? For God, God can just but again, there was a purpose for why he created the earth and why he created man. And that's what he seeks to still achieve. 
he can achieve this thing on his own. But I said, what definition I give that God seeks to restore dominion, his dominion on earth, but through man. So God seeks to, first of all, rule man. You know, when we pray that prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth. I understand it as let your will be done in man because the earth is not the earth without man. Do we understand? The earth is not the earth without man. Do we, do we understand that statement? Yes. Yes. If man, because it was because of man that the earth too was cursed. That's what the Lord told uh, uh, Adam when he was dealing with him and said, because you, 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 you listened to your wife and you did this thing that I told you, ate of this fruit that I told you not to eat. He says, see now the earth is cursed. And that's when he started. So it was because man fell that the earth also fell. You understand? The same way the earth would be restored because man too will be restored. Again, going back to that scripture, it says that's why the, the earnest uh, creation, do, 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 do you guys remember that scripture? I think it's Romans 8. What? Await the... Do you know the scripture I'm talking about? I can't really remember. The manifestations of the sons of God. Do we remember that scripture? Yes, that is Romans 8 18. 8 18. The manifestation of the sons of God. Yes. It says, okay, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God, of the revealing. Remember, it has revealed, it revealed first the son of God, that's Jesus. And Jesus, through the death of Jesus, him dying on the cross, sacrificing himself, giving his life, he, he spread his life so that God too can have many sons. There's one begotten son, but he can have many sons through adoption, through Christ Jesus. So the earth is also waiting for the revealing of these ones. And these ones are said to be the ones that the kingdom of God dwells in because it is through them, which I will show you. We'll read another scripture to just explain how God seeks to establish his kingdom on the earth. He seeks to do it through man, first through Christ, through man, right? So, um, when you read that scripture, it says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. So the earth is also waiting to be, to be, uh, uh, to also be restored when man is also completely restored. 
So the sons of God, are, like I said, are those that the kingdom of God is within them. Because the kingdom of God will be established through them. So, but this kingdom hmm, that is within, that God seeks, I've also realized that is not one of dictatorship, but of great influence. Say that again. But this kingdom is not one of dictatorship, but one of great influence. Meaning that this type of kingdom that God seeks to establish in one or in man is where he desires to dwell and take residence in the person or in man whom he created in his image and likeness that is man and rule there first as king and lord by great influence not by dictatorship then through man we extend that rulership or kingdom within to extend it and establish his rulership, his values, his will, his purpose, his dominion to the ends of the earth, that he may be king of kings. Do you understand? That's why he's called the king of kings, a lot of lots, because he's also, remember, he says, you have been made kings and priests, right? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so that he will be the king of smaller kings. You understand? Again, extension of his kingdom through this man. And a lot of lords. So, let me now go to because of time, let me just let me go to uh, the book of Psalms. It also shows this Psalm one one zero, that's one ten. This is the just from verse one to three. Yes, to show you how. God seeks how it shows like a practical way of how or a chronological uh, uh, in chronological order how God achieves this. This is some of David. He says, the Lord said to my Lord, that is the father said to the son. Right? He says, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You know, it is said that Jesus, after he ascended, he now sits at the right hand of the Father. So it's a place of authority. To sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So verse 2 says, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. This is the Lord, is the Father. She's, again, the Father is still talking to the Son. He says, He shall send the rod of the Son's strength. Hmm? 
out of Zion, out of the holy city of God. And if you read um, Hebrews 1 and even Psalm 45, you see that place where it says that um, um, oh God, where the father was talking to the son, where he says uh, oh God, your throne is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So do we know, we know what a scepter is, right? Do we know to, do you know what a scepter is? It's like a staff. Yes. So like a king's staff or a king's rod which symbolizes, which he uses to rule, symbolizes his sovereignty, his authority, his rulership, right? And then that scripture says, the scepter of your kingdom, that is the, the, that which represents your strength, the scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. And here it says, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. So the Lord shall send the scepter of your strength. And I believe that is righteousness. Righteousness. And basically righteousness means, basically means right standing with God. Right standing with God or God's way of doing right or God's way of doing things. That's Righteousness. That's why that scripture, again, we read it. It says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it says, seek first the kingdom, the realm that God rules as king within you. Seek it first. And then also his ways of doing right or right standing with him. Or his way of doing things. That's what, that's, that's what Jesus was just saying. He says, then all these other things shall be added unto thee. So, coming back to Psalm 110, if you look at this is in a like chronological order, the father telling the son, sit. So, you find out that the kingdom of God starts from heaven, right? And it comes down to earth. So the father says to the son, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He says, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Then this is the declaration or mandate. This is the mandate. Rule in the midst of your enemies. And that's what Jesus was doing. Or that's what Jesus came to show us how. Then verse 3 says, your, this is where it now concerns us. It says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. King James will say, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. I don't know if all I'm saying makes sense or is making sense is that I'm explaining. I'm trying to show us how God seeks to establish him saying Jesus. So the first thing, before I even, the first thing you notice in that verse one here is that the son 
is also waiting for this to be complete. You know, God never tells us to do anything that he himself hasn't done or isn't doing. So when the Lord says, wait upon the Lord, it's because he too, through Christ, is also waiting at the right-hand side. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. So for the Father to say to the Son, sit at my right hand, till, it means until a certain period, until a certain time, so he's waiting, till I make your enemies your footstool. And then he says, I will send forth the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Again, it is his righteousness because that's how God rules upon the earth, establishing his righteousness. And that's what Jesus, when he, when he came into the scene, that's what he sought to do, to bring man back into alignment, right? Back to what? Right standing with God. So, rule in the midst of your enemies. So, verse 3, where it, it, it now involves us, or man, it says, your people shall be willing or shall be volunteers in the day of your power. That means in the day that you want to show forth or establish your kingdom through your vessel, that day you'll be willing. So, basically, when a person is in Christ, so anytime one downloads the mind of God and God maybe is leading you to do something, it's because he's, he's, trying to, uh, 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 he's trying to fulfill this passage through that vessel. But he now says, in the day he wants to do that, he says, your people shall be willing. Because if you now go to Jesus' life, if he wasn't willing, if he wasn't willing to die for us, man would have not been saved. Isn't that true? Yes. Yes. So he was willing, even though it was not easy, but he was willing. And that is how what salvation came into the earth. And we are enjoying it. The same way he seeks to do with each and every one of us. Wherever we go, that it is said that wherever you are, the kingdom of God is around. So, we, but again, that kingdom, like it's, the first thing is for that kingdom to be established in us. So when it's established in a person, the person, we now become coined with, we just become channels that God can, at any point in time, according to his will, he can find expression, his kingdom, Christ can find expression through our vessels everywhere we are, be it whether it's to pray, whether it's to speak his word, whether it's to do anything that he empowers you to do. And as you are doing that, you are establishing his rule, you are establishing his kingdom, you are shining his light. That's why it says, let your light so shine before men. 
It's the same thing. It says, rule in the midst of your enemies. That time you shine before men. It is Christ revealing himself through your vessel. But again, we have to be willing. So in the day he wants to show forth, that's just as Jesus walked the earth, the Father was trying to show forth his power. And Jesus was a willing vessel. And if you read, if you read on in that verse three, your people shall be willing day of your power. He says, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness, you know, you know, something in it, something that is, um, how do I explain this now? So, Something is said to be beautiful, or someone is said to be beautiful because of um, um, they are the peak of something, if that makes sense. Um, words fail me. I'm trying to know, trying to see how to articulate my words or um, know how to explain this. So, okay, in the beauty of holiness, so at the basically at the peak of holiness and holiness basically means being set apart unto god being being consecrated unto god for his purposes only now at in the beauty of it meaning in the in the height of it at the peak of holiness is where this is possible I don't know if that if I'm making sense, even though I know I didn't explain it very well. Is it yeah. is it understandable? Should I explain it again? Is it clear? I think I everyone? understand. Okay. What about others? Is it is it clear for every other person? Okay. So in the beauty of holiness. So when we consecrate ourselves unto God, you know, Jesus, again, Jesus is the standard. He's the example. He's the one to look at. For this to be possible, for the kingdom of God to have been established and his righteousness established on earth, Jesus had to be what? completely devoted to the Father. Again, holiness is basically, to be holy is to be set apart unto God completely for his purposes and for his works. That's what we are meant to be. That's why God says, uh, be holy for I am holy. So God is set apart unto himself. So he's also telling us, be set apart unto me just as I am set apart unto myself and my will and my purposes. So it's saying that this, where it says in the day of your power, in the day you want to show forth your power, in the day you want to establish your rule, your kingdom on earth, your people shall be willing. In the beauty of holiness, at the peak of holiness, when we are completely set apart unto God, that's when the kingdom of God can truly, truly come. 
So there's again because of time, but I don't know. Is 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 everything I'm saying? No, it's a bit here and there, but I hope is um. I hope you understand or it's clear. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yes. All right. Thank you. So. That is why. So you now you now ask the question. So how do we? Because you find out that even for us to be willing, we cannot do it on our own. And God knows. So what does God do? God now puts his what? Spirit in us. Right? He puts his spirit in us. To quicken us. To empower us. To do all that God wants us to do. That's why Romans 8 somewhere says, if, this, if, if the spirit... Because it's the same spirit that was at work in Christ Jesus. It's that same spirit that was at work in Christ Jesus that sets us free from darkness, that sets us free from the law of sin and death. And, in, and it's that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that same spirit that was at work through Jesus, healing the sick, raising the dead, and doing all the miracles and all the things, and even enabling him to do all that he was able to do. It's that same spirit that God now put in us or in his people. And Romans, it says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. So we also see this scripture, this Psalm 110, in the life of the apostles, you know, Jesus told them, again, all of Jesus' business on earth, even the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, the apostles, everything was pertaining to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. If you read Acts chapter 1, you see, even when Jesus was appearing to them many times, he sought, or he, or he, uh, 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 spoke to them about was about the kingdom of God. And he told them, tarry in Jerusalem until you, until you are endued with, until you are filled with the spirit and you are endued with power. Because we cannot establish that kingdom except by the spirit. For it's not by power, it's not by might, but by the spirit of the living God. So when they were uh, 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 when they tarried in Jerusalem, again, they were set apart unto God. When they tarried in Jerusalem, when the Holy Spirit came in the day of Pentecost and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then when they went forth, they began from Peter preaching, you know, speaking as, as, as filled with the Holy Spirit. And it, it was recorded that day, 3,000 people were saved. So, Again, that was kingdom. And that's how the church began and began to grow and began to you know, increase and God increased them. So, um, it is the spirit. That's why it also says, for they that are led by the spirit of God, 
these ones are the sons of God. So sons of God, they represent those who are immature or who have become one spirit with the Lord. The mature, the mature ones in spirit, but again, who are childlike ones in faith and humility. Because Jesus also said, tells us how to receive this kingdom. He says, um, except we, I think it's in Luke 18. He says, assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So we are, we're supposed to have childlike faith, basically. Childlike faith toward God or unto God. So that's how we receive the kingdom. So I was saying what I was saying before, that this kingdom is not dictatorship, but great influence, that God greatly influences you. Because again, God would have made robots, but he did not want robots. That's why he still gave you an eye, a will. That's why it says in the day of God's power, in the day he wants to establish his kingdom or uh, show forth his power through you or through me. He says on, in that day, if you are his people, he says you shall be willing. And for somebody to be willing to do something is because they, 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 they chose to do it. So this kingdom is a kingdom that God seeks to establish in the hearts and souls of men, but not through dictatorship, but through great influence. That's why I believe and always say that God, okay, I said it before, God never tells us to do anything that he himself hasn't done first, for it is impossible to enter the kingdom or even remain in it without the help and support of God, right? So that's why God seeks to lead and rule us by his spirit. But his spirit is not just given to us to rule us, but to rule through us, right? So first to rule us, but not just to rule us, but to rule through us, to quicken us, to enable us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, and to effectively equip us to adequately prosecute the will of God, the purposes of God, his rulership, his dominion over the earth and over all creation. So that is why he first came himself, that God came himself as a man to set the pace, to pioneer the move, to kickstart the program, to begin the journey in the person of Jesus Christ, so that others may follow suit. Seeing the life of Jesus Christ on earth, being led completely by the Spirit in total alignment with the Father, how he himself had dominion over the earth, over the waters, over the kingdom of darkness, over sin, over flesh, over Satan, over the world. You see, he had dominion over all of these but was completely submitted to his own head and to his king, the father. So it can be said that the father walked the earth and introduced the kingdom 
or his kingdom through the person or through his son, Jesus Christ. Same also, Christ Jesus seeks to rule and establish his kingdom and the will of God through us, in us, and through us on earth already as it is in heaven. Does it make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay, let me, let me, I mean, there's more, but I can't, like I said, this topic is very fast. If I continue to take us, because it's connected to faith, it's connected to so many things, but I'm sure with this, for now we can, but the floor is open, please. I want us to just share what are your thoughts, anything, questions, thoughts. If as I was talking, did anything come to mind? The Lord revealed something or um, something crossed your mind that you want to say, please, the floor is open. Or contributions, anything concerning this topic. or anything that has been said? Uh, okay, let me go first. Okay. Um, praise God. Um, Hallelujah. Okay, from everything that has been said, this is what I've gotten, that the kingdom of God is not some far-fetched kingdom or afterlife. It is, the kingdom of God is present. It is here. And it is now, um, and it is present in every person that believes, receives, and enthrones God in their lives. Um, it is not forced on humanity. You can either you can either choose to receive God's kingdom or or go against it by, you know, um, enthroning the kingdom of darkness in the person's life. But yeah. For as many that believe him and receive him and enthrone him in their lives in all they do, um, to them he has given this kingdom to 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 dominate, to um, have dominion over earth until he comes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's so yes, like you said the kingdom of God has started, is here, is also inter interchanged with the kingdom of heaven. Yes, heaven is a place, spiritual place, but you see, what God seeks to do is to, is to begin, let me use this, this, this term, is to begin the program first here on earth, in us, because if if we can't live out the kingdom here and his righteousness, then we can't do it there in heaven. Um, so I'm reminded of when, so I, okay, let me use this as an example. I remember when, before I went to uni, university, um, I went to a school, like a sixth form college, where, um, so because I wanted to school, in England because I wanted to school in England um, 
I um I had to go to that sixth form college. And when I went there, there were different subjects I did. I, I, I remember doing international relations, um, a subject called society and politics, and then another one called key skills. And then I think I did economics. Yes, those are the four subjects I did. Now, the program I was doing was foundation. Um, so you can also travel, of course, and do your foundation in the school before you even begin first year as an international student. But you, through this school, you can do your foundation here. And then when you get there, you just continue from, just enter straight to you know, your first year. So when I was here, even though I was in Nigeria, I was in that school, the society and politics is kind of like government, but what government were they teaching me there? It was the government of Britain, the government of the United Kingdom. That's what I was being taught there. The subject key skills was preparing me of how, you know, that's where they teach you plagiarism and, you know, um, how to write essays, how to submit, how to, you know, the format, everything that you are going to do there. So you start doing them here and pass. So if you don't pass it here, then you can, you will not pass it there. Do you understand? Does that make sense? So I had to learn those things here. Yes, I had to learn those things here. And when I got there, it was easy for me. I didn't even do, of course, I didn't need to do foundation. I just continued, you know, for those who didn't go through that route here, if they go straight to the school, they will have to do what I did here. They will still do it there before they, you know, start their first year. So I'm using that as an example of the kingdom of God and eternal life. Eternal life, kingdom of God starts here. Because the truth of the matter is, if you cannot, if one cannot spend quality or let me look at them if one cannot spend time with god here in this life then what makes the person think that they can spend eternity with god in heaven they would not want to they wouldn't want to you know um and the thing with heaven is that of course it's not like your will is taken you still have your will it's just that this this earth everything around you even the flesh is against you following God, everything is 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 um yes, everything is fighting against you, you know, submitting to God. So the world, Satan, the difference is there. You don't have all these constraints, but your will is not taken because we are reminded of the angels and Satan that fell because they chose to do what they wanted to do. And that's how they were. Do we, do we get? So here, eternal life starts here. And like uh, Divine said, the kingdom of God also has started. It's here. Yes, it's of, you eventually, we eventually get to the place itself. But, it's, it has already started. Because what we do here is a 
when you get there, is to continue. For Jesus said, John, yeah, John said, this is eternal life to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So God is endless. So knowing him, it's, there's no end to knowing him. So once we finish from this place and we live here, we continue our journey there. So I just wanted to say that. If, But thank you so much, uh, Divine, for that. Any other person? wants to share something, please go on. Anything at all, please. Anyone? Sheila, do you have something to say? Houston, do you have something to say? Someone, do you have something to say? Yeah. Um, I wanted to I wanted to add Matthew um, chapter 13, um, okay. 31 to 32, where it says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of, of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Mm. And that's, I was saying, that's also a description of the kingdom of God. And as we discussed earlier, the kingdom of God is, um, is at work in us. Mm. And as I read the scripture, what came to mind was that, uh, what came to mind immediately was a scripture which says that um, um, we should abide in Christ and he in us and we shall, we shall bear fruit. So because the kingdom of God is in us, we shall bear fruit. And as a result of that, we will initially grow spiritually and then eventually we shall see the, uh, the physical manifestation of that. And you also mentioned that um, we should let our light shine before men so that others may see God's good work and then um, glorify his name. So if we if we do these things right, um, others may also see that. And it says that um, the largest of the garden plants becomes a tree, so that the bird come and perch in its branches. So because the kingdom of God is in us, and because we're abiding in Him, um, we become a blessing unto others, and they may also seek comfort in us. So that's all I wanted to say. Yes, thank you. Please. Thank you so much. I, I was, that. Kind of, did that make sense? I was kind of like everywhere. No, 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 it makes, it makes you, it makes a lot of sense. Um, this, um, the scripture you raised, you know, um, it says, um, it's like a mustard seed, you know, and the mm -hmm. mustard seed is very little, very tiny, uh -huh. tiniest of seeds. But it says, 
when a man took it and sowed it in the field, he, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it, it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branch. So when you were saying it, I'm reminded of, you see how, now you see how the church is today. It spread mm. all over the world, right? But yeah. it started from a little place in Nazareth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you see? It started from yeah. just one, yes. And then from one um, yielded vessel in Christ, that is Christ Jesus. And then it began to spread little by little from him to 12 disciples, right? From 12 disciples to more people, to more disciples. And that's how, and it's still growing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, 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 the dream, as you said again, I'm reminded of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember the story. So where he saw a big statue, mm -hmm. The head was head of gold, and then you have the upper part of the body, then you have the lower part, then you have the feet, which represented four kingdoms. But while he was standing there, he says he saw a, a piece uh, 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 of rock from a mountain came and destroyed that whole statue and became a great mountain upon the earth, mm -hmm. which, of course, that rock represents Christ. And as it grew, of course, represents the kingdom of God being established on earth, which destroyed all other kingdoms, which are made by man. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, so it makes, it it, it it definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, like you said, it's planted in our hearts. And the way it's planted is, it first, it first comes as a word and you believe it. You now it says, if you confess, right? With mm -hmm. your, if you be, confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus, then it's like, that's the entrance. You are saved. Mm -hmm. And then you continue your journey. So as you continue your journey, as the Christ is within you, he seeks what? To establish his kingdom. Right? The seed is now in you and the seeks to establish his kingdom and it grows and it grows within you. That's why he says, if you drink of this water to the woman and the wife, drink of this water, though what you drank yeah, was water, maybe a cup, but he says it shall become in you a fountain. So you keep seeing in all these examples, growth, expansion, right? And mm -hmm. multiplication, yes. So it, you find out that you keep seeing things, it grows beyond the person and extend to others. Again, shining your light, which you mentioned. It says, let your light so shine. Let Christ within you so shine forth that men may see your good works. That is your works from God. And they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. But before that light came, if you read Isaiah 60, where it says, Arise, right? And shine. Mm -hmm. 
for your light has come. That means your light is available and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So God had to rise upon you first. He now says, do darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears, shall be seen upon you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So again, you see all this first starts within and then it shines forth. Again, seed and it grows to a tree. And then the birds, it becomes um, a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So you be a blessing. You also be a conduit of God's kingdom, his truth, his light, his ways, his nature, his, his purposes on the earth, playing your part. You understand? So it's, yes, that's what I understood from everything that you, you mentioned. Okay. So yes, it's, it's definitely in, 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 in line. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank God. Yes. Solomon, anything to say, Christine? Any contribution or anything? Not, not really. Thank you for everything, guys. Okay. Solomon, anything? Oh, no, really. You said so much already. Okay. Okay. Um, like I said, this topic is very, still had a lot, but <laughs> if I continue, we're not going to live here. I um, believe we spoke about kingdom today. So probably the righteousness um, mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't really touch on about, yes, yeah, on righteousness. I just yeah introduced it and said what it is. So for today, I think about the kingdom. So maybe next time, the next Wednesday we will meet. Probably will continue. God's grace. Yes. Okay. Um, so the takeaways from this is, you know, um, just little nuggets, um, the kingdom of God, the definition. I started with, um, Isaiah six verse one, where it says in the year that King Uzziah died, you know, as, as I said, he saw the Lord, um, on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And we established that, you know, what it means when uh, 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 for the train of the robe of a king, when it is long, and in this case, fills the temple, meaning his conquests, uh, 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 symbolizing his strength because of, you know, how they would cut off uh, when a king conquers another king, he cuts off a portion of the other de defeated king's robe and then attaches it to his own train. And the longer the train, the more 
he realized the 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 his the extent of his conquest and um, the strength of his kingdom. And this one, he says, the Lord's train filled the whole temple, and we we established that we are the temple of God, the true temple. So it for me that symbolizes that God seeks to defeat every enemy or he has defeated every enemy and seeks to save man to the uttermost because we are his temple. So he seeks to uh, 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 take over or complete his salvation in man and then establishing what the kingdom of God is, um, the definition we gave it, it being um, God's plan and wisdom to restore his dominion on the earth, but through man. Um, establishing what kingdom means. This kingdom is a kingdom that is within. And then so many things that we've said, but I just wanted to, just the nuggets, just to, for, to help us remember the things that have been said. Um, the few points, kingdom within, God seeks to rule first within and then rule through us, you know, um, and to establish his kingdom. Um, um, what else? Um, um, this kingdom is not a physical kingdom. Um, so yeah, those are the things, those are some of the nuggets um, from everything that was said. But um, let's just begin to thank God for his word that we've heard today. Let's just thank him for um, revealing this word about the kingdom because that's what, um, that's the purpose for us coming to salvation so that we may also be conduits and channels of his kingdom here on earth. That's the reason why he saved you. That's the reason why he saved me so that we can go further to become his, his vessels so that where you are, it is said that the kingdom of God is around. The kingdom of God is at hand, is, is there. That Christ can find expression through us. Yes, through our lips, through our ideas, through our lives, through the things that we do, through our works, through everything that concerns us. It's all about kingdom. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your light, the light that you've shone in our hearts. This evening, we thank you for each person here. We thank you uh, uh, for your truth. We ask that you help us to be doers of your word. We ask that you help us to shine forth, to first of all, to be willing, as we have understood what kingdom is, that you help us, oh God, to be willing. Yes, so that you may establish your kingdom within us, so that as you establish it within us, we can go forth and shine forth your light upon this dark world. Yes, in the name of Jesus. 
as you said to your son, as you said to the Lord Jesus, sit down at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool, that you will send forth the rod of his strength out of Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies, that Christ will rule in the midst of his enemies through our vessels in the name of Jesus, that the Lord will help us. At each time we are led by that, each time we'll be led by the Spirit. And as we do that, yes, we are sons, but as we are sons, we are also shining for the light of God, establishing his kingdom, his dominion, his purposes, his nature, his, his ways, everywhere we go with everything that we do in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. Yes, help us to continually abide in you and your words abide in us because all these are hidden in your word, in your word. Yes, as we, as we, as we abide in you and you abide in us that we bear much fruit. Yes, we bear much fruit. For apart from you, we can do nothing. Help us, O oh God, in every way, in the name of Jesus, that as your kingdom is established in us, we, have, we, we, we receive strength. We, re, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then we have, it is that life of Christ that is in us, that, ha, that has dominion over death, has dominion over sin, has dominion over the flesh, has dominion over the world, has dominion over Satan, has dominion over demons and principalities and powers and over all creation. Yes, oh God. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. La kishta brahazula pahateliske belun toko vilatali brahaziske. Shita paruska banta zize belun kuavahalite brena siske vetuate. Oh God, we seek one thing, that we be filled, we be filled with the Holy Spirit. We be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power in the name of Jesus. Power to do all that you want us to do. Yes, no matter how little it is, whether it's, it's to pray, whether it's to, 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 to give, whether it's to do anything, ultimately to do your will and to obey your word. We ask that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and with power so that we go forth just as you, O Lord, did, going forth to do good, to do good works and delivering those who are oppressed of the devil because you are with us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, that, that, that we shine forth your light, the brilliance of your kingdom, the brilliance of Christ within us shall shine forth through us in the name of Jesus. As we continually drink from your well, as we drink from your well, we drink life, that your water will become a fountain within us, springing, a fountain of, of living water, of, of springing up even onto everlasting life. Yes, that you become in us, your word becomes in us water, and this out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Thank you, God. That 
Christ, you fill us, oh, that Christ within us will swallow up every infirmity. Christ within us will swallow up every insufficiency. Christ within us will swallow up every weakness. Christ within us will swallow up every every uh, 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 shortcomings and every limitation in the name of Jesus. Yes, for with you, we can do all things. Without you, we can do nothing. Oh, thank you, God, that Christ will swallow flesh within us in the mighty name of Jesus. That your spirit within us will quicken each person. As your spirit dwells in us, it will quicken our mortal bodies. Yes, when it's time, when it's time, when you want to show forth your power, wherever we are through us, that in that day, we shall be quickened, we shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the beauty of holiness, in the name of Jesus. That we shine forth your light, bright, the light of Christ to this world, everywhere we are, that men may see our good works and give glory to you, O Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, those areas that we have been struggling with, in your force, that you will empower each person, even those who are not here. We pray, oh God, we also pray for your church, that you empower your church. You adequately equip each person for every good work. In the mighty name of Jesus. Rumpa kaziza papura sane, epwe ketishta branga, ruta ziza pila kwatiza zimenonsko vita brahazuza pila kaipenoska. In the name of Jesus, oh, as you have put life in us, we shall only bring forth life. We shall only bring forth life. Help us to continually sow into the spirit, to be led by your spirit to sow into the spirit and not into the flesh that we so that we will reap life and peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, King of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, God. We worship you, God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, in every place, in every church, in every heart, in every soul, in the hearts of men and the hearts of women, in our hearts, in the hearts of children, in the hearts of boys, in the hearts of girls, in the hearts of youth, in the hearts of teenagers, in the hearts of the elderly, in the hearts of everyone. As it pleases you, O God, let your kingdom come in our homes, in our families, in our churches, let your will be done in the name of Jesus. 
Repasu kwata braska, jita bilakunda ziparuska bento. We pray that this word that we have received, oh God, that we you 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 it be that our hearts be that 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 soil that you described as the good soil. Yes, that it will germinate and bear much fruit. In the name of Jesus, I come against every thief that comes to steal, to kill, or to destroy that which you have received from you, we shall not lose it in the name of Jesus. We shall not lose it. It shall not be stolen. It shall not fall by the wayside. It shall not be choked by thorns. It shall not uh, 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 be rooted out in the name of Jesus. It shall not wither in the name of Jesus, but it shall grow. It shall grow deep into our hearts, deep into our souls, and it shall germinate and bear fruit unto you, O God, fruits of righteousness, of peace, and of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, I plead the blood of Jesus upon each and every one of us from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy, every program of the enemy to, in order to steal, to kill or to destroy or to manipulate or to hinder any one of us, even those who are not here, and all that concerns us, that those plans are destroyed and brought to shame and brought to dishonor in the name of Jesus, that they fail and fall for our sake in the name of Jesus. Yes, but all that concerns us are preserved, are hidden until, and 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 and. Uh, uh, hidden in you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, for you are our refuge and our fortress, our God in you we will trust in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, and your goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. In all, God, let your name be glorified in us. Let your name be glorified through us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.